Hello. Welcome to the legends of King Arthur and his knights. Chapter 44, 28 Days Later Sir Lancelot of the Lake contemplated his fate. He had seen Sir Bors, his own cousin, return from the quest for the Grail in triumph. Lancelot knew deep down that the adventure could have been his if he hadn't allowed himself to fall into sin with Queen Guinevere. Still, he pondered, he had been given a glimpse of the Grail and told that all would be well if he lived virtuously from that day on. He'd promised to keep from sin and simply serve, and he was determined to keep his promise. Lancelot, brave and mighty warrior, but weak-willed and a touch faithless, lasted all of a month after Bors' return. He and the Queen were soon back to their old ways, seeing each other behind Arthur's back. They thought they were being discreet, but they were not careful enough. One knight in particular began to study the couple and mentally chronicle what was going on. He was a generally quiet and slightly surly knight who kept himself to himself, so he didn't tell many people. He felt that Arthur should know first, and then the king could decide what to do. His loyalty to the king was strong. He did, though, tell his brother. Sir Agravain of Orkney whispered his findings urgently into Mordred's ear. Mordred, hundreds of times more cunning than his big brother, let words slip out into the court. Many other knights had their suspicions, and pretty soon, pretty much everyone was chattering about the scandal. It seems the only people who didn't know, or maybe didn't want to know, were King Arthur, his most loyal knight, the noble Sir Gawain, and Gawain's brother, Gareth. Agravain, surly as he was, was fiercely loyal to his uncle, the king. Mordred's intentions may have been selfish and dark, but Agravain was simply furious his uncle was being made a fool of, behind his back, without his knowledge. He was no big fan of Lancelot's either. He vowed that King Arthur would know the truth. Sir Lancelot of the Lake was not a stupid man. He heard the rumours and voiced his concern to Guinevere. She told him that he must not love her as much as he said he did, or he wouldn't let gossips get in the way of their love. Lancelot took the final step. Despite his misgivings, he gave himself totally and completely to his love. From that time on, he discarded the vows he had made while on the quest for the Grail. His best friend, Sir Gawain, was not doing much better. His sinful conduct had meant that the quest for the Grail was for him a total disaster. It transpired that he had personally killed 18 of the 32 knights who died during the quest. Sir Gawain of Orkney spent a lot of time doing penance for his unknown sins. He may have killed his fellow knights in accident or error, but he had killed them nevertheless. A week or so after Agravain made his vow that Arthur should know the truth, a tournament was arranged. It was to take place at Winchester. Lancelot planned to go in disguise. It seems that deceit was at the core of the great man. He told his brother Hector and his cousins Lionel and Bors that he was unwell and would not be attending. They took him at face value. Unlike their cousin, they were trusting and could be trusted. They rode off to the tournament without arguing. Gawain was upset that his great friend would not be attending the tournament. He had been looking forward to fighting with Lancelot at his side. It had been a long time since they had been able to bear arms together. Gawain's brother, though, saw what he wanted to see. When he saw Bors and the rest of the family of Sir Lancelot of the Lake ride out without him, he decided he knew what was going on. Sir Agravain took the fateful step and went to see his uncle. My lord, I need to tell you of something so that you can avenge your dishonour. Arthur, who must have been willfully blind to what was going on, 
frowned and asked his nephew to continue. Sir, I regret having to tell you this, but no other knight has the courage to do so. Sir Lancelot of the Lake is seeing your wife the Queen behind your back. They love each other and have done so for many years. Everyone knows what's going on, except maybe my brothers Gareth and Gawain. They love Lancelot more than they love themselves, and they are blinded by their love. They cannot see the truth. The rest of the descendants of King Ban and King Bors have headed off to the tournament. Lancelot is not with them. As soon as you and the rest of the fellowship leave, you can be sure that Lancelot will go to the Queen's bedroom. Agravain, Agravain, admonished the King. I cannot believe you. Lancelot could never do such a thing. Agravain was understandably dumbfounded. You mean you're not going to do anything about it? What would you have me do? replied the King. Have them watched. When you catch them together, you will know the truth. Oh, do what you like, Agravain. I won't stop you. Agravain left without another word. Arthur didn't want to believe what his nephew had told him, but he must have had some doubts. He told Guinevere not to go to the tournament the following day. Then he prayed and left the outcome to itself. He was delighted by the outcome. In the late evening, he and Sir Griflet spotted a knight riding by. Arthur recognised the horse. It was one he had given to Sir Lancelot. The knight riding it was obviously the great man, even though he was dressed in clothes that were not his. His disguise didn't fool King Arthur. It was Lancelot. He was not with the Queen. Arthur made a mental note to give Agravain a piece of his mind and then went to bed. He slept very well. Relief is a fantastic sleeping pill. Agravain watched his nemesis ride away from Camelot. He made a mental note to make sure he had all his facts right before saying anything else to his uncle. He was going to blow the whole affair wide open if it was the last thing he did. Lancelot rode on until he reached the town of Astolat, or, as we know it today, Guildford. He soon arrived at the house of Sir Bernard of Astolat, where he lodged for the night. Sir Bernard had two sons. The older son was unwell and wasn't intending to go to the tournament. The younger son was going. He was called Sir Lavaine, and he offered to ride with Lancelot. He didn't know the great knight, but it was obvious to him he was in the presence of somebody special. The sickness of the older son was quite handy for Lancelot, as it meant there was a spare shield available, which he could wear to keep up his disguise at the tournament. Now, Sir Bernard did not only have sons, he also had a daughter. Inevitably, the daughter was extremely beautiful. She went to see their guest and asked him a question. She must have caught him off guard because he agreed to grant her a gift of her choice. She asked him to wear her right sleeve on his helmet instead of a plume. Lancelot had brief misgivings. After all, there would be hell to pay if Guinevere found out. Still, it made it even more likely that his disguise would work. Lancelot, ever oblivious to the consequences of his actions, agreed. Lancelot and Lavaine rode away until they came to Lavaine's aunt's house, where they stayed for the night. The next morning, Lancelot of the Lake and his new companion rode to the tournament. Lancelot inquired as to which side his cousins were on, and then, perversely, chose to fight on the other side. All the knights of the round table were in the opposition, except Gawain and Gareth. King Arthur, knowing that Lancelot would turn up and fight on the other side, had forbidden them from taking part. Lancelot and Lavaine fought together. Everyone thought they were the two brothers of Astolat, since their arms indicated that. It soon became clear to those watching that one of them was far better than he should be. 
Sir Gawain motioned over to the knight who was doing too well, and said to his uncle, Sir, that can't be Sir Tyre of Astolat. I would have guessed that it was our friend Lancelot, but it can't be, because that knight wears a lady's token on his helm. Lancelot never does so. And anyway, we left him ill at Camelot. Arthur smiled. He knew the horse, and he knew it was Lancelot. He kept his mouth firmly shut on the subject. Lancelot, meanwhile, was taking on Sir Bors. Bors was a mighty fine warrior, and had become even better during the quest. They met, lances outstretched with a thunderous blow. Sir Lancelot of the Lake was thrown from his horse, a lance wound in his side. He recovered himself and fought valiantly for the rest of the day. In the end, it was decided by King Arthur and Gawain that he had won the tournament. They didn't have a chance to ask who he was, though, as he was soon gone. Lancelot had been badly injured by the blow from Sir Bors and needed to go to a bed. He and Lavaine made his way back to Lavaine's aunt's house. As he rode off, Gareth watched them thoughtfully. There goes the best knight in the world, he said quietly to Gawain, except for Sir Lancelot of the Lake. Let's see if we can find out who he is. Their search was, of course, fruitless, and they returned to Winchester a little forlornly. When they arrived, Arthur asked if they had found the winning knight. When they replied they hadn't, he allowed himself a secret smile. Gawain looked at him quizzically. You know who he is. That I do, my most loyal nephew, but I cannot tell you. Just then, Sir Gallantin of Wales arrived. Overhearing the conversation, he announced that whoever the winning knight was, he had been very badly wounded by the blow from Sir Bors. Arthur's smile left his face. He fervently wished that Lancelot was not so badly wounded that he would die, especially now Sir Agravain's accusation had been so clearly shown to be false. Sir Gawain of Orkney felt a little unwell. Rather than eat with the rest of the knights at court that evening, he travelled back to some lodgings for a quiet night. Only Sir Gareth and Sir Mordred accompanied him. By a staggering coincidence, the lodgings that Gawain chose just happened to be exactly the same lodgings chosen by Lancelot a few days previously. The knights were served by none other than the Maid of Astolat, the girl whose sleeve Lancelot had worn at the tournament. Sir Gawain, wifeless and lonely, thought that she looked rather good and engaged her in conversation about the tournament. It was clear she had an unusually strong interest in the outcome. So, honoured Sir Gawain, who won the tournament? she asked. It was a knight armed entirely in red who wore the sleeve of a lady or a girl, replied the great man. And I'd say he must have loved the person who gave him the sleeve very much. I have never seen such great deeds done. The lady tripped away excitedly. Gawain decided his luck wasn't in that evening, and still feeling a bit unwell, thought no more about the conversation. She served the diners until they were full and all of the other knights left. When they had gone, Gawain thought he might try his luck again. He sidled up to the young lady and told her who he was. Then he told her he was prepared to be her knight entirely. He probably thought this would impress her and he might acquire a pretty new girlfriend. He was to be very disappointed. I love another knight, replied the girl politely but firmly. He is one of the noblest men in the world. Who is he? asked Gawain, just a little put out. I won't tell you his name, but I will show you his shield, which he swapped for one owned by my brother. She led Sir Gawain up to the room where Lancelot had stayed, and showed him the shield. Gawain grinned. He immediately recognised it. Just to make sure, he asked the lady what arms Lancelot had worn to the tournament. 
he was completely unsurprised when told that he had left the house resplendent in red. Gawain, glad to think his best friend might have found love at last, went to bed. He was up at the crack of dawn as King Arthur had summoned all the knights back to court. He asked the lady to promise that she would meet and greet Sir Lancelot for him if she saw him before he did. When Gawain arrived at court he sought out the king. Both knew the identity of the knight with the red sleeve, but neither knew that the other knew. They danced around each other in conversation for a bit, each trying to discover how much the other knew before giving too much away himself. In the end, Arthur pulled rank and made Gawain tell him what he knew. It was Lancelot of the Lake. I have met the girl who gave him the sleeve and she is beautiful and charming. I'm sure she will make my friend very happy. Arthur nodded vigorously. Well, it's a good job I didn't believe your brother then, isn't it? Gawain frowned. What do you mean? Your idiot brother, Agravain, told me that Sir Lancelot of the Lake, the greatest knight of all knights, was seeing my wife behind my back. He told me that Lancelot wasn't going to the tournament, so he could go to Guinevere as soon as the rest of us left. Now we know different. Now we know the truth. Lancelot wanted to be unrecognised at the tournament. That is why he didn't travel with the rest of us. Not only that, he loves a lady. If I had believed Agravain, then I would have been dishonoured. If he was not your brother and my nephew, I would deal with him very severely. Sire, I am very sorry, replied Gawain, aghast. There is no way that Lancelot loves the Queen immorally. I would defend the honour of my friend against anyone, including my own brother. He is more dear to me than any other man. So, all was well, all was fine in Camelot. The secret was not out and all could carry on as before. The Queen, who had not heard about how the tournament had gone, bumped into Sir Gawain as he was leaving the King. She asked who had carried off the prize. Gawain, oblivious to everything that was going on, blithely told her that the knight in red had won the tournament easily. Then he conspiratorially whispered that he knew who the knight in red was. It was Sir Lancelot. Then he told her that he had worn a lady's sleeve. Guinevere was absolutely livid. She just about managed to keep her rage from going, but she stormed back to her rooms in absolute fury. She vowed revenge on the man she loved. She sent for Sir Bors. It's not certain why she did this. As we know, Sir Bors was not Guinevere's greatest fan. She told him that the knight in red had been Sir Lancelot. Bors was somewhat perturbed by this news. He knew that he'd given the knight in red a fairly sizeable wound. Look, lady, he said. I don't like the way you treat my cousin, and I don't like the hold you have over him. I wish you would release him and let him live his life. What I do know is that he loves you above all others, more fool him. I suggest you calm down and wait before you believe that he's betrayed you. Now I'm going to leave here and find him. He showed his true colours at the tournament, replied Guinevere petulantly. That's all the proof I need. Fine, have it your way, sneered Bors. My brother and cousins will find him. We will take him far away from here, maybe to Gorns or Benwick. Then he can be free of you. The next day, Bors, Lionel and Hector left the court and rode to Astolat. They didn't find their cousin, so they rode on to North Wales where the next tournament was to take place. They didn't find Lancelot because he was lying gravely wounded in the house of the maid of Astolat's aunt. After he'd been there a month, the lady came to see him, she tended to him until he was well enough to leave. One day her feelings got the better of her. 
she told Lancelot exactly how she felt about him. Lancelot, full of chivalry, but knowing his heart was elsewhere, replied as tenderly as he could. If my heart were free, then I would be able to love you as you wish, but my heart is taken. I am very honoured you feel this way, but I can't be yours. Your words have killed me, she replied mournfully. She left him in silence. Lancelot felt very bad. He'd done the right thing, but it didn't fill him with joy. He was much more joyful the following day when a squire turned up and told him about the tournament in North Wales. His joy was short-lived, however. As he tried to raise himself from the bed, his wounds split open, revealing more blood and guts than was healthy. He lay back down in great distress. The next day, though, Lancelot was up and dressed. He told his doctor that he had been miraculously healed during the night and was now absolutely perfectly fine. He told the physician that he obviously had done a really marvellous job as he felt no more pain and was definitely fit enough to leave. The doctor was not fooled for a moment and told him that if he made any attempt to ride a horse or if he was stupid enough to go to the tournament then he'd be dead before sunset. Another two weeks were needed, he implored. Then Lancelot would be healed. Very reluctantly, Lancelot agreed to stay. He told the squire who had brought news of the tournament to go to North Wales and seek out Queen Guinevere and Sir Gawain. There he was to give them greetings from the knight who had won the tournament at Winchester. The squire did as he was asked. When Gawain learned that Lancelot was still badly wounded, he was distressed and concerned for his friend. He told the squire to give the message to the Queen immediately. The squire hadn't managed to do it before he was accosted by Bors, Lionel and Hector de Maris. They pressed him hard to tell them where the injured knight was. Knowing that he was not supposed to give away where Lancelot was staying, the squire gave them a false address. When Guinevere was given the message, she refused to believe that Lancelot had been injured for that long and she thought he was simply enjoying the company of his new girlfriend. Her heart hardened. The day after the tournament, Sir Bors of Gorns and his companions rode off to find Lancelot. Sir Gawain went with them. Everybody else started the long journey back to Camelot. The companions rode to where the squire had told them the injured Lancelot lay. Of course, he wasn't there. Gawain, knowing where he had seen Lancelot's shield, told them they must ride to Astolat. They arrived at Sir Bernard's house and Gawain showed Bors Lancelot's shield. Sir Gawain approached Sir Bernard. Sir, we love Lancelot more than any other man. We beg you to tell us where he is. Sir Bernard was unsure. He had promised himself that he would protect the great man. He looked deep into the eyes of Sir Gawain of Orkney and decided he could see honesty and concern in them. He told the companions to rest at his house that night. In the morning, he would take them to see Sir Lancelot of the Lake. If you're enjoying the podcast, please go to the website www.mythandhistory2.podbean.com If you'd like to give me any feedback, you can contact me by email mythandhistory at gmail.com or go and find me on Facebook at Paul Vincent Myth and History. So, have a great couple of weeks and I'll speak to you next time.